monsters, madness, and magic. Alright, so this is Henry with Monster, Madness, and Magic, and today I have the legendary Anders Odin with me. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. So, after oh, nearly, it's been 20 years, well a little under 20 years since the last, uh, the last Cadaver album, and now we, uh, very shortly, will have the new album upon us, Edders yeah. and... So can you uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, Edders and Bile and and what what kind of brought you uh, one I mean what brought you uh, back to to wanting to do Cadaver? Yeah, I mean the story begins uh, almost immediately when we quit last time. I was uh, kind of disillusioned by a lot of things, but um, then I joined. Uh, up of Sigma Berserk, which I used to play in with in the nineties, and uh, doing that led me to uh, do Celtic Frost uh, as a guitar, a live guitarist. And then after Celtic Frost, I've been p- busy working as a live bass player, tour manager, and recording guitars and stuff like this. Everything for Satyricon, Norwegian black metal band. So I've been pretty busy all the time but i've always felt that you know having my own own project going um, would be you know something i i was going to do again but i didn't really know how uh, so when we i met dirk Verber in, in 2014 him sitting in for frost at the seventy thousand tons of metal cruise tour i mean cruise festival uh, I discovered that he was a huge cadaver fan, and at the time I had lots of ideas and demos lying around, so I just sent him a bunch of stuff after that, and he came back with some drums, and I I realized that maybe I start all over again with a new drummer and uh, him being the guy. So he basically made me do it. <laughs> that would be the short version. Well, <clears throat> I'm certain. I I mean, I, as a fan, I'm certainly. Excited! Uh, getting to hear that, uh, hear the single you guys released was uh, it was amazing. It was absolutely uh, bestial. It's almost kind of seen over that logical uh, evolution from the last album, the Croesus. And um, so you had mentioned you've been busy with uh, touring and, and being the manager, uh, touring manager for Satyricon. How uh, how's COVID affected that? Has that kind of grinded all of that to a halt for you, or? Yeah, I'm no longer gonna be tour managing them. I think because um, I uh, basically went into my own darkness one year ago, getting cancer. So uh, already before COVID, I had cancer, and uh, I said to everybody that uh, you know I need to focus on this. And there was no shows at the time, so I didn't really miss any planned shows apart from actually going to Los Angeles to play with Cadaver last December. That was possible because of my chemotherapy. But then when I got better, and I'm to tell you I'm um, cancer-free now, but I went through this whole process uh, through COVID. So I was, you know, in chemo, getting out of cancer when everybody else got COVID uh, anxiety. So... um, now, when I'm kind of ready to do whatever again, it feels like everything halted at the same time for everybody in the whole world. So I, I really didn't miss anything, if you know what I mean. Because 
on my cancer. But um, it's kind of weird how well that went for me during this time. So I'm uh, more or less, uh, you know, at a place in my life and time where I really, you know, want to focus on being an artist and uh, whatever I can do to help, of course, with other things. But I'm, I'm still going to play live bass for Satyricon. When we get back out there to do things, we haven't played any shows since September 2019. And Stabber have actually played one show this summer in, in Norway, a uh, COVID-19 friendly outdoors event uh, in the middle of nowhere. A fest- small festival I set up myself to have something to do when I got better from cancer. So uh, right now it's anyone's guess when things are as normal as you know we can all hope for and get back out there to play shows and stuff. But... Uh, if I knew, I would be Nostradamus. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Well, I know that. <clears throat> so, you, so how about how many months of chemo did you have to go through before before you were able to? And it, it's fantastic to hear, by the way, that you're cancer free. I know that's uh, that can yeah, thank that you. can weigh uh, that can weigh down your. I mean that it's a it's a weight on your you know, spirit and body at the same time. So totally, yeah. I think because of COVID, that's the reason why I'm doing this well. Because um, in a normal situation, anyone getting a serious disease feels like their their life is on hold for an infinite amount of time. And everybody else, of course, just goes on with normal life and business. Because I got seriously ill, and then the whole world got seriously ill. You know, it doesn't feel like I'm the only one missing out on things, you know. So, um, so that's, uh, I think, when I realized, actually this, I was just realizing this a few weeks ago, thinking about it, and um, it's, uh, one thing was because, uh, uh, I mean, most Americans talking to me talk about COVID, and then the other thing you're, you're dealing with, your presidency, but, uh, which I understand is a big thing, uh, but, uh, but when, when the... The crazy uncle that you all have together, <laughs> when he when he got COVID and uh, the report said that he was doing steroids to get well, I was like, oh, I know those steroids. The exact same steroids you you give to cancer patients getting uh, chemo. Uh, so um, for one once in a lifetime, I've I know actually exactly how your crazy uncle feels inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I tell you, it's um. If any election is is more important now to the future of the United States, is definitely this one. It's uh, no, I know, sure. I know. I'm not gonna downplay. I'm just telling you what's um, you know there there's there there has to be humoristic sides to this because there is I know because I always see this theater of life as something we all have to deal with. And when I've gone through this serious death-threatening disease and situation. I just know that um, how fragile life is, and uh, if you don't have any humor along the way, well, then what else is there? You know, there's there's nothing out there that we shouldn't laugh about at uh, some point. You know, because there's oh, no, just humans are humans are in infinite stupid. You know, as a species, we are we're infinite stupid, and we're infinite in need of logic and help and we all look for quick quick fixes on things that aren't able to be fixed quick anyway 
and we, we're just um, nowhere near any solutions to any real problems if we're, you know, looking at it uh, through the lens of history. Humans are always going to disappoint each other, you know. We're incapable of really, you know, understanding each other well or uh, even figuring out what's real, you know. So what can we say? No, absolutely. Well, uh, and it seems like those themes kind of play along in, in a lot of the music that you play. It seems there's a, you know, there's a, a, ni- a nihilistic tone to the lyrics and about the futility of humanity. And uh, I know that, that seems to be a, uh, a common theme throughout a lot of the albums that you play. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you kind of made, the, you made the, the comment about humor kind of helping you through. Um, do you feel... Do you feel with the newest album that 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 played into it in any way into the new Cadaver album, in terms of maybe perhaps in, just enjoying your just in, enjoying the music instead of necessarily uh, trying to create a philosophy with it? No, totally. But I mean, the the the, the thing is that music always has many many layers. You know, uh, as a performer, there is this skill level thing which you're always pushing you know if you're able to play what you think you should um uh play or i mean you know if you're actually able to pull off what you're trying to do if, if your brain says that i'm really trying to do this will your hands be able to follow you know uh which is uh the big challenge if you make extreme music is to have the balance between being comfortable playing it and being on the edge of technical ability somehow, you know, and um, that has a that has a huge it's a huge part of it for me, you know, to play things I find interesting and quirky and different and uh, challenging and all those things that you uh, just want to do to just uh, as a player. And then then there is uh, the lyrics, the content, and the I mean the whole setting around. Uh, around music and imagery and uh, that's why it's an interesting form of art is to try to combine what is only emotional i mean the the sound you can't see the sound you know you can't touch it it's just either it speaks to you or it doesn't it's very raw and that certainly uh, is the pa- that certainly is the power of, of of music it's you know you hear something and it speaks to you on a on a metaphysical level, and uh, it connects with you. And I mean, that's yeah. it's definitely how a lot of um, a lot of music, I think, is is that way in terms of of how people are attracted to it. So what? So yeah, I think, I think yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna follow up on that because I think all metal fans are the exact opposite of what pe- people think we are. You know. Because people are biased towards people listening to things that they just uh, find uh, as noise if you're not into it. It's it's like, um, uh, but we all know, the people listening to metal just know that it's super complicated stuff at times. And it's very, very, you have to be knowing uh, what you're listening to to get the nuances. So it's a little bit like a secret club where we all just know that we are listening to the finest wine, so to speak, of music, 
and everybody else just doesn't understand anything and that feels like that feels so good because it's not for everybody you know it just feels like we have our own little corner where we understand each other and we actually do understand each other across all races nations and economic standard or whatever because of this which i find so appealing with the metal music is that i can you and me you're from america i'm from i'm from norway we can the two of us can go to asia and find somebody into metal and we the three of us can immediately sit down and talk about stuff without any further introduction because we just know something you know there's there's no, is, yeah no i was just no absolutely That's, it's uh it's fascinating. I've, you know, all across the, I mean, all across the world, it seems yeah. to be a unifying factor amongst uh, metal fans. Yeah, and I, I think actually, it, metal fans are probably average, much smarter than most people. It's, uh, I think there's definitely a, there's a stere- as you as you mentioned earlier, there definitely is a stereotype that 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 metal heads or metal fans get, and it's uh, it's it's a shame because I think that if uh, think that well it's a shame in one way but in another way i think it, it kind of helps to keep that uh the exclusive the exclusive quality to to metal it, it it keeps its it keeps its own the fans you know they're they're not out they'll share the music they want to you know talk about it but they're not going to force it upon anybody else they're very much no, comfortable no. kind of keeping it to them keeping it amongst themselves exactly no, it's it's all about this like a secret society. And I think that's uh, probably what's appealing with it, and it's uh, the true world music. It uh, transcends any culture, you know. Absolutely. So, so uh, as uh, and I think that's why the lyrics being nihilistic and uh, apocalyptic and uh, very uh, in touch with the, the most uh, uh, extreme emotions. Uh, it can be interpreted in different ways by different people from different cultures, but it always kind of means the same thing, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm always fascinated by um, people outside the Western uh, cultural circle also, also into this, because you, even though you're from America and I'm from Europe, we have the same understanding of monotheistic religion with Christianity as somebody we know. And... Uh, if you're from India, you have one million gods. You don't have any Christian values or Muslim. There are some Muslims there, but I mean, Hindus have like one million gods. And there's still there's still black metal fans and stuff like that in India. And they, they just interpret something completely different into all these lyrics and stuff. But they get the same emotional outpouring of listening to the music. So there's, you know, the hum, human quality in metal just transcends any culture bias or religions or whatever which is fascinating oh no absolutely so with your so with finally wrapping up um editors and bile what's next well what's next yeah i'm look looking into restoring archive stuff uh that's uh, one thing i've had the time to do during covid you know going through uh, things from the past that could be released again or stuff like that, reissuing or unreleased stuff, uh, making nice packages and limited, limited edition things. Uh, but I'm also heavily involved in making a second new album, you know, Liberty will be like the sixth album. So I think I have 10 
demo songs already sitting in my in my uh, hard drive and more ideas to come so i'm uh, just moving fast forward basically getting inspiration and just make more music well hopefully ap- after uh hopefully with covid dying down perhaps by by next spring we'll we'll be able to see you go on tour again yeah of course that's what we are aiming for obviously but uh even though we have a tour sitting in February, March in Europe, I, uh, you know, it's hard, so hard to say now. People are, are, are you going to do that tour? I'm like, yeah, of course, it's possible. But uh, I'm uh, at the point now where I'm not impatient about it. I'll just let uh, time take whatever time takes and then go out when it's, it's all over. So it will be post-apocalyptic touring for sure. Absolutely. So... How was uh, how was working with uh, Nuclear on the new album? How are they support wise? Oh, they have been great. I mean, they were not involved with uh, until they had everything ready. So I didn't involve any labels until we had the the album ready that we wanted to have. So as soon as they uh, came on board, they were um, true fans and com- committed to. Uh, push the band as good as they could and uh, they're doing a tremendous job I think so I'm really happy with the, the choice we made to sign with them and it's <clears throat> it's interesting when um, Nuclear Blast they've been putting out so many great records over the last few years but kind of one of the unfortunate unfortunate things about the metal scene is that a lot of times labels you know as soon as they pop up they, they disappear it's uh, it's kind of a it's, it's interesting because that so many different labels have come and, come and gone, but yeah. once like Nuclear Blast and um, there's a few others. I think Moribund is still still around as well, but you know there's a lot. There's been a lot of controversy with them as well. So what have you? So what have you been uh, listening to record wise? Uh, through the last year, you mean? Yes. Well, uh, yeah, I, I tend to check out new things all the time when it comes out on streaming services so i'm uh, constantly checking out uh, new stuff from old bands and uh, a few new things here and there um during the last couple of months i've been there's there's a few really good albums coming out from old favorites uh, like the, the very new napalm death album i think is fantastic it's probably the best napalm death album i've listened to for a long long time um which is inspiring to me because they're you know kind of my <laughs> cousins so to speak when it comes to where we come from um i don't really know the the guys in the current la- lineup that much but i know all the old napalm guys and uh, been one of those bands i've been following since i was but um new carcass stuff is great um also um there is a few other things when you ask me like that. I I don't remember names of new bands I've been checking out, but there's a few things I've been checking out too, which I think sounds good. And um, I'm listening to a lot of different kinds of music as well. You know, when I, especially when I'm going into production, I listen to all kinds of things just for uh, ideas on uh, how to do things. So I'm I'm pretty much all over the place when it comes to listening to stuff. No, it, it's <clears throat> it's interesting because it's it seems like a lot of the I mean a lot of the I guess the the founding bands of of death metal, like I mean Napalm, and I mean of course your band Cadaver, I mean um, Cadaver, and everything else. It it's interesting that it seems like despite 
everything that's going on in 2020, it, it seems like in a lot of ways there's a revitalization of of good death metal and and other extreme music coming out this year and into next year. Yeah, I don't, maybe it's the whole situation right now. I think everything which is released now is recorded before the COVID thing happens. So I think what will be even more interesting is to see how things sound when uh, people are, you know, getting things out from after made after march 2020 you know um maybe i mean there will be a shorter time between albums from certain bands you know uh but that that was what was normal back in the day if you remember uh when we were younger i mean when i was young bands released a new album every year you know uh which is amazing <laughs> when you look at you know Bands like Slayer and Metallica, they did three or four, for, for the four first albums of those bands were made in five years, you know? It's, oh yeah, and, and it's, it's amazing how, how, you know, those, those long, I mean, those long sparks of creativity by those bands, it just, they were producing so much in such a short amount of time, but now it, it's, it seems it's not, um, it's, it's the typical wait between albums now seems as if it's almost... You know, typically three, five years. It feels like for a lot of bands now, and then you, yeah. know, you get you get some. The uh, I guess the the old school guys can come back in there and they pick up from where they left off and are able to you know create new and exciting music for 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 the fan base. It's um it's in, it's interesting. I wonder if if kind of the mind frame of you know like Cadaver and Megadeth and and all of that. I wonder if their mind frame for creating music was different in the eight. I mean, you know, the late eighties versus now it seems, it seems as if the creativity for newer bands is it takes them a lot more time to just stay than create a new album. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, you know, maybe this thing now, as I told you, will change that back to the eighties somehow, you know, because everybody, one reason why it's like this is, uh, I know very well because I did, I was a part of the process all the way from the early demos till the final product for the latest Satyricon album. And we basically worked for a whole year to record the album from writing side till actually recording. Um, actually two years almost, you know, on and off. But I was still like very focused for one year. And then when that was released, the world tour we did, so 105 shows in one year. And then that ended exactly one year after the release so we could have gone into the studio started to work on the leftovers and new ideas immediately uh but the custom for bands like that is to do that take a break do another year of festivals then start you know um but now when we don't have festivals we don't have tours what else is there to be in the studio and work so I'm working parallel right now with new Cadaver album and also a new Order album, which is another band I'm involved with. So um, I'm working on two new metal albums at the same time. And uh, uh, because there's no shows, it doesn't feel like I'm, you know, there's I can I'm able to do that as long as I can sit in my studio two, three days a week uh, or even more to create things, you know, depending on. You know, if you want to be totally picky about everything, just go back and forward recording. And if you just want to exploit the time and use 
whatever ideas you have and just scrap of course the worst ones but uh just do stuff you can do things faster i think but uh it's all a matter of the cycle but now the cycle's broken maybe we'll just do things differently from now on who knows well, i think it's i think it's definitely fundamentally changed how i mean how our basic lives are i think that this is a unique opportunity where a lot of people i think can finally work on you know put their full efforts into creative endeavors where sure. they had you know all the excuses before but that that's definitely exciting to hear there's a new order album that's uh so are you are you still with the original do you have the original lineup yeah or? it's uh the same guys so we're uh now we're we had a lot of demos but now we're three three brand new songs into a very exciting new direction where we play we do much shorter songs and much faster so it sounds a little bit more like the two first i mean the the era of mayhem with monheim like uh, the pure fucking armageddon demo and the death crushed uh, album so it's 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 uh, shorter songs like that and more intense so uh, it's going to be interesting to see well, I know I, for one, am excited to hear that. That's uh, that was that was one of those bands that I think I got introduced to. I think a friend of mine had had gotten a copy of the demo. Uh, was it Folly Grandeur? Yeah, yeah, the tape. Yeah. And uh, just listening to that was was, I mean, it, it just I was so desperate to find more material like that. After yeah, okay. Was, cool. But yeah, we 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 were uh, you know we did an album in 2017 and uh, but there wasn't much PR done to anything, so we didn't really get any attention like that. But uh, uh, we just grind on and do new stuff, and um, we'll see. Uh, there's a new single out called "Bringer of Salt" that you can find on YouTube and uh, everywhere else. So uh, there's uh, an interesting direction for order, and it's. Really easy for me to distinguish order from cadaver because my cadaver stuff is one park and the the, the order stuff is a, is a total different park. <laughs> so it's just like no, it's not connected really. So it's really really interesting how ideas pop up uh, differently in the in my head. So I kind of need both. You can keep them. Uh, you can kind of keep them compartmentalized and explore in you know individual ideas in each one without having. Yeah. Well, that that sounds amazing. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And the funny thing is that the more the thing I things I do with orders sound like old mayhem, the better it is, kind of, because then it's the original members from the first mayhem lineup. So, uh, you know, it wouldn't make sense to make anything that sounds like old mayhem with anything else. But with with this combo, they, they just make it sound like that with, with the drums and the vocals because that's who they are. So it's interesting how that you know. That's that has sort of such a big influence on how things sound. If the drummer is the original drummer from something, everything sounds like that band somehow. You know, no matter what you throw at him, it just sounds like him, <laughs> basically. And that's in that case, it's old man. So we've been toying around with you know with an idea to bring Necro Butcher in and make like a Mayhem 1986 live thing with pl just playing the pure fucking armageddon and the death crush thing but that's right now as nobody's out playing live we can't do that but that's a, that's another thing which we're it's in the pipelines oh what i'm doing uh, that that's that's amazing you know i think a lot of i mean mayhem i know they just released they released their was a daemon last year yeah but all that 
the early stuff, I mean, that's that's where it was at. There's, I mean, people, you know, so many bands have come and gone trying to imitate it, but it's, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing else like it. But that's extremely exciting to hear, though, that that you're getting Necro Butcher, or hopefully gonna line him up to to work to work on something. Or no, to he's work on he, he, he's really keen, actually. So we had a we had a barbecue party with the. All of us this summer. Uh, not to talk about this, but that that came up, and uh, it's obviously one thing which we which we all have been talking a little bit more about now when COVID hit that we should do these kinds of things before it's too late somehow. Oh no, absolutely. Well, I think we're at our thirty-minute mark. I don't want to yeah, yeah. So tie you up. Yeah. But uh, well, Anders, it was it was wonderful to talk to you. It's um, it you're one of those icons that. That is, is just to be able to talk to you one on one is is certainly uh it, it's it's a wonderful experience. So I just want to say thank you for your time and uh, looking forward to hearing uh, hearing what's coming down the pipeline. Oh, thank you very much. It's been an honor. Thank you. All right. Well, have a have a wonderful day. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.